Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks and welcome into sports lounge live it is june 7th and this is show number 198 of Sports Lounge Live, and we have a busy show to get to, so Chris, why don't you tell the folks what is coming up? All right. Okay. So first, of course, we have our award. We're giving out awards uh, for everybody. We're like a camp now, so we give out awards for everything. We're starting a campaign on All Things Radio to get Jennifer Sparks an award to go with Jeff's uh, award-winning news, so we are going to have our award-winning panel discussion uh, today, too, and uh, then we're going to do uh, the French Open. That'll be a regular story because a lot of interesting things happened there and with some milestones set and so forth. Then we're going to do the NBA, the NHL, baseball, and that'll include college. We'll start with college baseball, and Sean and Perry run down the, what's going on in the college uh, baseball tournament. Uh, and NFL. Softball. And, and, yeah, okay, and some softball, too. NFL. And then uh, for NASCAR, um, Ro- uh, Robert is going to talk about that, and he's also going to talk about some boxing for us as part of his panel uh, thing. Golf, Sean is going to talk about some of that, and uh, he's got a couple of stories on golf. And uh, so I guess we'll just get started. Golf with drama. Golf drama. So anyway, um, yeah, and, and Tiger, I, I'll just say this because it's going to be here. Tiger is announced he is not going to be playing at the U.S. Open, which will be here in Brookline on uh, Father's Day weekend, of course, 16th through the 19th. So that's not going to happen. It's pretty close for as banged up as he is to, to be able to do that after the PGA. It's only been a couple of weeks, so not, not going to be able to do it. He's going to try to, I think, uh, go to the British Open. But anyway, so uh, the big thing here uh, right now, the weather is very nice. It's a, it's 80, but it's uh, dry. It's a nice day. And, um, of course, we have the NBA Finals coming coming this way. They're going to be here Wednesday and Friday, uh, you know, games three and four, and we'll talk in more detail. But the Celtics did win the first game, and, again, it could be the kiss of death, but they have the only time they ever lost a championship series, final series, in their four losses, that they won the first game was 1985, the Memorial Day Massacre uh, that Rick and I watched together uh, with our friend Charlie at the. I remember house. that one. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was it. But uh, we'll talk more about the details of what we think's going on, especially Robert, me, and Rick, because uh, you know we're our teams are involved, and uh, Red Sox are right now qualified for a postseason berth. They're 29 and 28, but they are. So you know. Well, Chris, you're taking advantage of being in California, and you're playing teams at the right time. So. Yeah, well, that's it's helpful. Anyway, okay, and. And now our host to be named later, Rick Swan. Hello. Um, yeah, the Celtics. Another thing about the Celtics is they have they have not lost back to back games in the playoffs yet this year. So if that holds up, they'll win the championship. That's right. Um, 
the, the Red Sox, I'm glad to see finally, and it, it's out of desperation, I guess, but finally, the, when the starting pitcher is having a good game, Core is leaving him in the game. This has been a long time coming because this bullpen is terrible. Yeah, so that's, that's what I was going to say. If you had that bullpen, wouldn't you? Yeah, I worked on it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, except and, for, for uh, Howick when he comes in and, you know, yeah. a couple other guys, but yeah. Uh, the, and the other thing is, is it's been a rough week for the Bruins. Um huh. I, yeah, I, they, yeah, that is that is they terrible. They fired the coach, which I think that. was ridiculous. They yeah. they um they say from what I'm hearing, the reasons are that he was he was too mean on the young players. He makes a uh-huh. back check and everything, yeah. um, oh, which God. means you know, if that's the reason, that means that we're not going to see anybody like Trotz hired here. It's nope. you know it's going to be some. From what I'm hearing, they're looking for somebody younger, somebody who can identify with the young players, which we don't have any good young players because Sweeney's a terrible drafter. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, and the, the rumor I'm hearing is somebody named uh, Jay Leach, who coached at Providence for three years, and then I think uh, was yeah. assistant for um, Seattle I, for a year. An, another name to watch out for, Chris and Rick, would be David Quinn, because he is from Massachusetts, yeah. and he did coach the Rangers, and he's very good with younger players. I mean, that, that's, this, how the, yeah. that's how the Rangers got to be where they are, and unfortunately, the Rangers management decided to dump the GM and him, and, uh, you know, Gerard Gallant is now taking the credit for what David Quinn basically uh-huh. put together, so... So you put this on top of, you know, um, uh, McAvoy having surgery on his shoulder, Marshawn having surgery on both hips, uh, Grizzlock having surgery on his shoulder, and Riley having surgery on, on his ankle, and everybody but Riley is going to miss some of the regular season, I guess. I guess. And with all this piling up, I, got, I, it's, I think it's getting more and more evident that Bergeron's probably going to retire. I don't think he wants any part of this. So no. I think we're heading quickly for a rebuilding with the Bruins, and when you don't draft well, rebuilding doesn't go well. No. No. Okay, that's it for me. Uh, what's going on in Iowa, Perry? That was a happy report, Rick. Good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it is. Named later. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is election day here in the state of Iowa. It is primary day, so we will we'll see who comes out of those tonight. The um, There's not a lot of interesting stuff. I think the only interesting race we have is the... There are three Republicans to see who is going to run to compete against Cindy Axney, who is the uh, congresswoman in my district. So we're seeing who's going to compete against her. And I think that's really the only uh, the only drama that'll that'll be here tonight. Other than that, I've been watching some college baseball, some MLB and a little bit of the a little bit of the playoffs, too. And um A.J. Green, the former Northern Iowa basketball player, announced that he is staying in the NBA draft. If he is drafted, he'll be the first Panther to be drafted. And uh, one of the teams looking at A.J. Green, and A.J. Green is a good ball player. He he knows how to play defense. He's a good shooter and a good he's – a, he's a automatic almost at the free throw line. One of the teams looking at A.J. Green, Bill – is the Indiana Pacers? Hmm. I think that would be a very. I think that would be a very good pick for the Indiana Pacers to pick as a uh, shooting guard, AJ Green. Oh, shooting. Okay. There you go, Bill. Well, at number six in the draft, uh, well, we'll see. I don't know if it'll be that high, but they may use their. You know, I'm sure they have picks down the line and. Well, they do. They do. And we've been watching a little, uh, listening to a little bit of speculation on the NBA draft, but it takes more than a draft to clean up this problem here. Um, 
Chris, speaking of Boston, when the Reds were in Fenway last week, yeah. the pitcher that you were impressed with went out and pitched, uh, Hunter Green pitched a one-hitter last night. Until yeah, I know it. I was listening to some of that, too, early in the game, and he was going along great. And so yeah, he, he uh, did a one-hitter. He kind of, it, he got the Arizona, you know, doesn't have the offense the Red Sox do. What happened to the Red Sox is they, they he was he stopped getting his slider over because his slider is not much slower than his fastball, and he can throw about half the time. He throws over a hundred miles an hour. He's amazing. So, um, so uh, what I'm saying is he'll come along, but it, yeah. it's just going to take some time and it's going to be some inconsistency. But hey, I think Bill, you and I are in the same place in Major League Baseball right now. We have to instead of necessarily worrying about wins and losses we kind of have to just think with our teams of what what good things are happening in the games and, and what progress is being made well that's what you're going to have to do it and that's then right our colts the colts have mini cap and we've been watching that but i'll still get that for when i go back to florida next week it's almost just like you're there now with the internet and all your devices, you're oh, yeah. you're not really missing anything. So th- that's a good thing. So other than that, um, working on a lot of different schemes and plans for the legend and calling in some people to get the job done that we need to get done to to pull off all the major changes. So that's involving a little bit more work than I thought, but it will be done. So stay tuned. That's all I can tell you. So take it away, Robert. Okay, Bill. Well, uh, Perry, uh, Bill, uh, you, all three of us are in that boat. My team is only 20 and 36, and uh, we're, not, we're definitely not going to qualify for anything this year. Uh, so whoever gets to play us on their schedule is going to, going to love the fact that they get to take advantage of a team that uh, has a lot of work that needs to be done. And, we def- and nothing will be done until a new owner is in place. I'd rather have uh, you guys in our division than Baltimore. Red Sox can't beat Baltimore. They've done okay with the A's. Well, the Cubs get yeah. to play them tonight, Chris. We'll we'll see if they can actually beat Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore's not. You know, they're getting better. They are. I mean, they're going to get rid of everybody because that's scary to them. They might have to pay somebody because you know yeah. they can't be well, doing that. But they are getting better. Chris, you and Rick got to see what I get to see every day this weekend. So uh, you know what I'm dealing with. Um, as far as the rest of my panel, Joey Logano won the race in, uh, I guess it was in St. Louis or something. Near, near St. Louis, uh, Southern near Illinois. St. Louis. Southern Illinois. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and um, I think, I'm, I may be wrong, Rick, you might know, are they coming to New Hampshire this week? No, they're going to I, Sonoma. Oh, I don't Chris. think so. Yeah. Oh, Sonoma, okay. Because there was something about on BZ about New Hampshire. They were talking about the New Hampshire Speedway, so I thought, I know they come might, here a couple of times a year, but... There, there might be another race headed that way, but uh, this week they're going to okay. Sonoma. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll find Well, I'm sure we'll find out once it starts. Um, and as far as boxing, we had two major events uh, take place. Uh, one on Saturday that everybody got to see on ESPN. Uh, Devin Haney is now the uh, undisputed 135-pound uh, champion, uh, and uh, he dominated that fight. And unfortunately... The current, the former champion George Cambosis has smart negotiators because in order to make this fight happen, 
he inserted an automatic rematch clause if he lost, which he did badly. Uh, it was one uh, one eighteen to one ten on one card. That's eight round. Uh, that's uh, ten rounds to two, and the other two cards were eight rounds to four. I scored it. Uh, uh, I scored it. Uh, 11 rounds to one. The fight wasn't even that close. And then today in Tokyo, Japan, we had the monster. His last name is Inoue. I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name. He is the king of the Bantamweight division. He's got three of the four titles now. He uh, beat the future Hall of Famer Nonino Donaire from the Philippines. They They were involved in the fight of the year in 2019. And, of course, three years later, they hook up, and today uh, the monster knocked him out in the second round. So um, he will be, he will, when the new pound-for-pound pound list comes out this week, he will probably be number one on everybody's list as far as the one who makes the most money and draws the most fans. And now they're going to try to bring him over stateside uh, so he can get uh, recognition in the with the American audience, so we'll see how that goes. That's a throwback um, that they had a championship fight on a Tuesday. We used to have heavyweight championship fights Tuesdays and Wednesdays or Mondays or whenever. Nowadays, well, everything's on Saturday here, you know? Uh, in, in Australia and Japan and places like that, Chris, they do a lot of weekday fights, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, things like that. So, um, like, the, like the fight in Australia, it took place, you know, Sunday afternoon. Uh, I was going to say, uh, time-wise, because it was 9 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, I was wondering what time it was uh, over there. Yeah, it's like Sunday afternoon. So um, when you go to Australia or you go to Japan, you you see things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's all I've got, and I know Sean has a lot, so I'll ship it over to him. Well, first of all, if you want to contact us throughout the week, you can hit us up at sportstimes at allthingsradio.net or 800-693-0595, option two, or 773-572-7715. Hit pound key when you hear it. Uh, you get my wrestling hotline over there uh, where I'm you know, updated every Wednesday. But anyway, yeah, a lot of college baseball and softball that I watched, checked out this weekend, but we got some golf drama. But first of all, there was no drama. Bill Wurzel, yeah, it's Wurzel. He won the... Uh, Memorial there, which, you know, this week they have the Canadian Open, which is always the week before the U.S. Open. But the other drama is going on. Yes, you remember me talking about Live Golf, L-I-V. It's for 54 because they play 54 holes, and they break into teams. They have 12 team captains, and they pick their four players per team. They do that. So they're having their first tournament in London or outside of London this uh Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, no, the ninth through the eleventh. Sunday, Sean. Oh, I, I thought it was ninth to the eleventh is what I had down. They, the, but either way, they have their tournament, and uh, the biggest name. Yes, uh, I mean some names that went over. Of course, you knew Sergio Garcia was going. Lee Westwood, uh, Ian Poulter. He was going. Uh, Dustin Johnson, yes, he has resigned from the PGA, and he is going for $125 million. Phil Mickelson is heading over there, and the PGA Tour and the European Tour have both been back and forth on what they're going to do. They both kind of, last week they were saying you won't, they were standing by that, you won't play. Now, of course, 
sponsors got involved. And if you're in a tournament that you're exempt, you're allowed to play, but other tournaments you can't, and they cannot stop you from playing in the masters, the U S open, the British open, or even the PGA championship because the PGA championship is controlled by PGA of America, but that's up to each of those individual tournaments. And yes, Phil Mickelson, like I said, is going, it's, kind of a crazy deal we're going to see where that where that goes now that tournament they do not have an american or a british or an australian tv deal That's you ha- and you better by the end of the week no no right now they have no you have to watch it they have not you have to watch it on not youtube tv but regular youtube just youtube you know you get on the computer on your phone but right now none of the networks have been interested because they all all of them have relationships with the PGA. Turner doesn't have any tournaments right now, but they have, and they want to stay in good with the PGA to possibly get back in for a couple of the tournaments. So they're not right now. They're they're not. Uh, they're just on on. You have to go on YouTube. But anyway, I think that's about it. Let's get on to the uh, play court. Before, be, before we before, do that, yeah, we got a there bulletin. Is, yeah. There is some breaking news, uh, Chris. You and I had this discussion the other day. Uh-huh. And uh, in the thing of, you know, everybody loves the bipartisanship and, and this and this. You and I can say we were both bipartisanly wrong. Okay. We both said <laughs> that there would be no way the Los Angeles Angels would fire Joe Madden. They just have. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, okay. I mean, again, a team, and we'll talk about it when we get to the Phillies later in yep. baseball. A team can get a bump, and they have lost 12 in a row. And, That's right. Uh, they, but they've also got a lot of injuries. So, because, uh, I mean, I was listening to that lineup, and I don't remember, remember the lineup from May when they were here, and Otani's playing and Trout's playing, but there's a lot of people that normally are there that aren't. Now, so, did, they name, did they name the interim manager, Perry? I did not see the interim manager. I will look, and as, as we go on, I will look yeah, on that. Yeah, there'll be something come out. I, I, just thought um, it was, I just thought it was interesting, though, because Chris and I just discussed this maybe a week ago, Chris, and yeah. we both said no way would they do this, and, and they and what Joe was Madden also is funny, out was last week, I think I said during our baseball segment, and I got the name wrong, I said Showalter, he's with the Mets, of course, but I said the Phillies manager might be in trouble just because they're disappointing, and that happens. So, uh, you know, it's weird, these things, the way they come up. So we're, we've been right on the order, uh, Perry, and, and right. talking about the right ones. But, yeah, no, we, we did not think. And, hey, he'll, he'll be if he wants a job, he'll certainly get one. because He will, and, and that'll be interesting to see. Now, we've had these two, and keep this will be something good for our baseball down the road. Who could be next? Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, let's start on tennis. Iga Sviatek, I think we're going to say, won her first yes. French Open in, uh, in uh, October. Second. Yeah. Hang on, Robert. Let me All finish right. my sentence. Won her first French Open in October of 2020 as an unseated teenager. And then she's from Poland, and she beat uh, Coco Goff who's a promising American player uh, from, I'm not sure what state she's from, Florida. Florida? Okay. Six, one, she comes three. in second all the time. Right. <laughs> and so this is the thing, though. I mean, she's a little younger. And, you know, so it, it could be the, you know, one of these, like we got the three-way rivalry now in the men. This could be the, the up-and-coming rivalry, 
you know, she may cut, get a little bit better as she gets older, a little stronger. Uh, you know, it took more than a little more than an hour. One thir- she won. She now Sviatek has won 35 matches in a row and six tournaments in a row. And uh, and she does very well on clay or grass. And uh, Coco uh, Goff, just 18, but hadn't faced a player in the uh, top uh, 30 in the tournament. So she got to the finals that way. And then uh, yeah. David USF nicely gave us some consecutive wins. Uh, Venus Williams won 35 in a row in 2000, and that's the last time somebody has uh, matched that. And then the all-time is Martina Navratilova won 74 matches in a row uh, in 13 tournaments in, 19- in 1984. So that was that was pretty amazing. But again, it could be a, a, a rivalry that, that's building. The women kind of need something right now. You know, the Williamses are getting older, and you kind of need something to, to get people uh, yeah. to pay attention. And to Naomi women. Osaka's kind of in and out, you know, because of her yeah. depression issues. So, right. yeah, they need something. They yeah. do. But going to the men's side, of course, uh, the quarters, you know, we should talk about this because, it's, uh, you know, whenever these guys play, it should be mentioned. Rafael Nadal beat um, Novak Djokovic and uh, took, uh, you know, the lead in uh, Djokovic leads all time between them 30 to 29 in matches that they played in various tournaments. And that's, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Rafael Nadal beat uh, to win the title. Rafael Nadal won another French Open, his 14th. He beat Casper Ruud, 6-3-6-3. Casper uh, Ruud's from Norway. 6-3-6-3-6 love, as they say. Nadal is 36 and won his his first French Open in 2005, so it was actually 17 years ago to the day because the days fall the same as they did then. And as I said, it was his 14th French, his 22nd Grand Slam, and it's his second Grand Slam this year. And he's the oldest French winner ever. And Federer and Djokovic have 20 apiece as that race continues. And uh, let's see. And uh, he's 14-0 and in French finals and 112 matches and three in French uh, tournaments altogether. And, Sean, I think you made a good point during the week. You were saying probably for a venue, team sports is a little different. But for somebody playing in a in a given venue, uh, he's he certainly dominated that venue more than oh. anybody else ever has. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Jack Nicholas with six Masters. I mean, you think about it. He's you know in golf, you don't see that. You don't see it in Daytona. Dale Earnhardt won his amount. I mean, he has won as many French Opens as Pete Sampras won Grand Slam events. I remember when he did that in 2 he got 14 Grand Slams. Everybody said that record will not be broken. And here you have three guys that have done it. And, you know, even even Djokovic and uh, Federer, they, they have their events that they dominate in, but they have not, but not any, not even near 14 with the yeah, two of them. No. They've had, there's a little more balance, though, yeah. yeah each, each one of them have their own events. Rafael Nadal, 14. Uh, Djokovic has won nine Australian Opens, and Federer has won, I think, seven or eight Wimbledon. So, uh-huh. uh Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. is up, up for grabs, I guess, huh? Yep. Yeah, they all just kind of share it. But, I mean, you think in the heyday, I mean, when you had all the guys, I mean, you had Lendl and McEnroe and Connors and V. Lander and Agassi and Michael Chan and all these guys. And, I mean, you had all these guys in there. It never you, I mean, none of them dominated a right. tournament. Like, well, they all had each other. They were all beating up on each other. But well, that's still, right. See, these see, it depends three on guys. You, that's it, and you get this in all sports. Do you want one? 
champion that everybody's going after, you know, like Tiger in golf, or do you want to have the player Palmer, Palmer Nicholas thing? What, how do you want to do it? You know, and some people will argue it's better to have the, the, the king of the hill that everybody's going after because people want to see him. And Tiger, it was Tiger mania in the you know, 90s and early 2000s. On the other hand, you know, the player Palmer Nicholas, and then you threw in other good ones like Trevino and, you know, later on, uh, you know, uh, Tom Watson and stuff. That, yeah. that was good, too. You know, people like that but, you know, and, the competition. But you had three of these, three guys that have dominated at the same time, and you yeah, really don't see that. Yes, the player Palmer and Nicholas didn't dominate that much. I mean, they were, because other people like Trevino were winning tournaments, Billy Casper and the ones that back and in it, the day. And you know, Wimbledon starting in a couple of weeks, so yeah. Yep, we do. And, and for the first time that I can remember, you actually have one of these guys finally talking about possibly walking away. And Nadal, Nadal said after Sunday's match, he said, you know, I may not play much longer. I guess he's had got a problem with one of his feet. And he, yep. and he's had injury problems over the last couple of years. Yeah. He's had well, the thing, injuries. too, is if he can win the Grand Slam, the calendar Grand Slam, you know, what else you want to do? You know? Yeah, well, he yeah. may yeah. not. If, the reason why he said that, Chris, is he may not be able to play in Wimbledon because um, yeah. of the pain he's in. Because Wimbledon okay. starts on June 27th. Right, so. right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, any other tennis? We want to move on to the NBA? No. We'll move to the NBA. Robert, I do have your interim manager answer, and I will give that to you in the baseball segment, but I do have it. Okay. All right. right. Okay. Um, Also, uh, for tennis, uh, like I pointed out the other day, um, Wimbledon, of course, uh, they're not going to award points to any of the players to help their rankings. Because they, uh, the All England, they don't think it's fair that the Russians can't play. The uh, the All England club has decided that no Russians or Belarusians can play. Well, what they don't realize, because Djokovic talked about this in an interview I've I've seen a few weeks ago, he said what they don't realize is, yeah, we're going to get credit for winning the Grand Slam, and we're uh, and we'll get credit for wins. But he said because they're not they're not going to award points. Even if I win the tournament, he said, I will lose my number one ranking because of not being able to collect the points. And who's number two in the world? Daniel Medvedev. And where is he from? Russia. Right. No, I think it's a dumb decision. I mean, it isn't, you know, there's plenty of athletes in this country who couldn't compete in Moscow in 1980 and plenty of Russians that couldn't compete in Los Angeles in 1984. It's not their fault. People know they might have won other goals that they didn't get. You just, it's an asterisk. It's like, you know, Ted Williams being in the war. It's just one of those things that happens in your career. You can't help it. So you just move on. I mean, God. Anyway. Okay. So going on to the NBA and we're in for a series. They always say when the first road team wins a game and the Celtics took care of that right off the bat that in an amazing uh, comeback they were behind by 15 in the, towards the end of the third quarter by 12 at the end of the uh, 15 in the third quarter by the 12 at the end of the third quarter outscored the warriors 40 to 16 and won the game 120 to 108 and you know it was it was amazing the defense locked down even with Tatum not scoring he did a lot of other things with assists and you know rebounds and all that stuff so that was fine and they played a great fourth quarter they played a really good second quarter and in the, in, in the game on Sunday, however, I would say probably the first half was okay. They were, they were, it was a slog. It looked like the Miami series again or the Milwaukee series. A lot. Draymond Green was getting under their skin. Uh, you know, uh, 
they were they were trying to draw fouls and they weren't paying attention to playing basketball. Their inside game on Sunday was horrible. They they hit threes kind of okay, but their inside game was was horrendous. They they were not scoring. They really need to really drive and stop worrying about fouls and throwing their head back and goofing around. You know, because he was getting them mad. I think he got under their skin, cost them oh, maybe what could have been because they were playing good defense in the first half. He's so, very good at that. He's very yeah. good at that. So I mean, if yeah. they ten, tended to business, they might have gone into the third quarter with like a ten point lead, but they yeah. were just getting crazy with with the the, in, the inside game and it messes their inside game up. And as I said, right. the threes were okay, but then in the third quarter they played horrendous and ended up behind by twenty five, and in garbage time got it down to nineteen. Right. So we're in a situation, as I said already, the Celtics uh, they've lost four finals, but they uh, you know when they the only one that they lost that they led uh, and won the first game was nineteen eighty five when they lost the Lakers. So I mean you know we're we're back to square one with the Celtics now at the moment with the home court advantage, but the Celtics haven't played well at home. They're much better on the road. I think they're eight and three on the road, and I forget what their home record is. Five well, and four. Five and five four. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there you go. That that is crazy, and it's not the fans' fault. The fans care. The fans are making as much noise as any building in the league, and uh, so it's not that. I don't know what it is, but I mean they need to. They can't. Well, they obviously can't lose the two games, but it would be a good idea if they could win the two. You know, they can if they can win their home games, they can win the series. I mean, that they get home. That's uh, the I, point I of the home have, court. I, have a, but, I have a feeling, both Chris and Rick, that uh, it's one-one now. I have a feeling after Friday, it's going to be two-two. I, Probably. I, That's I, what I, I'm thinking. I, I think this series is going to go all the way to Father's Day and uh, may, the la- may the best team win in Game 7 I, because I think everybody's going to win, uh, you know, on each other's floor, you know, and, and it's going to be one of those back-and-forth kind of series and different things are going to happen and, you know, it's... Yeah, it's well, they've got to they've got to stop and I guess, I, I guess now, you know, they were they were booing uh, different people. They You always find somebody to boo in a series so they can yeah. boo Green when he, you know, when he yeah, comes they will. Yeah. They'll do but that. that <laughs> That doesn't bother him one bit. No, no. Oh, no, he loves it. Oh, yeah. Max Max was cool. He Max was like, hey, this is the way I'd be playing. This is That's what right. I did, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I banged people around. That's what, I, got, I got no problem with this guy, you know? So uh, that, that's what Max said on, on Wait, Sunday night. Uh, Rick, uh, we'll let you get in here. You haven't said much about that. Well, so. the thing that's worrying me a little bit is uh, Smart. He's... At the end of the first game, White was hitting threes, and the coach left Smart on the bench, which yep. was the right thing to do. Yep. But there were some shots of Smart on the bench where he did not look real happy, mm-hmm. and he didn't play very well in the second game. And Smart's one of these guys that he's pretty full of himself. He's he's called himself the heart of the team. So I, I'm afraid he you know he, he doesn't have a good game here soon. He could check out, and that could hurt the Celtics. Well, I don't know if he'll check out, but the thing I, I didn't like coming down the stretch in that Miami seventh game is all the all the shots he was taking. You know, oh, that was, you remember, I mean, I heard people say that when they saw that at the end of that game, that it, it, if you didn't know better, you would you would have to bring up, you know, what, was Smart throwing this game? You know, the shots were so know. bad. Yeah. yeah well, no, and, I mean, keep, and keep one thing in mind, guys. Uh, Clay Thompson hasn't shown up yet, and if he does, the Celtics are in deep trouble. Because yeah. he, he, he's one of these kind of people. If he if he shows up and he he turns out to be the Clay that most people know. Uh, I don't know if anybody can stop him. He, he, when, when he yeah. gets on one of those rolls, forget it. Well, it'd be nice if Jason Tatum did, too. I mean, well, yeah, uh, you can say that as well. Tatum yeah, had a he first up. game, and they won, and he had a good second game, and they lost. So how do you yeah. Yeah, no, but Tatum needs to be more consistent. The, the, the thing that separates 
you know, the mid-level superstars, the top 15, 10, 15 in your league, is they're, they're on two nights and they're off. You know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, they were, you know, the top guys of all time. They were always, you know, 99% of the time they had a good game. You know, not just always the same way. They might do rebounds and not score. Well, Russell wasn't a scorer, but you know what I'm saying. They do yeah. rebounds. They do assists. You always knew, and they were dominating the game, even just their reputation dominated the game. We don't have anybody, you know, Steph with the three-pointers would be the closest. And he, he, you know, so far, reputation-wise and everything else is the best player in the series oh, uh, you know and and but the question is can tatum brown and smart match you know uh, green and and uh, thompson and and the other warriors you know because you know steph's going to do his thing yeah well uh, uh, that's that's why i picked the warriors chris because boston's got a good team but uh the warriors have the experience of being here before right uh, and know, i think yeah. jalen brown i think you're going to see more from jalen brown too i think he's going to you know, he knows how to drive to the basket and get fouls, and, and you know he's got to hit a little more of his free throws. He's been having that trouble, trouble with that. He's normally a pretty good free throw shooter, but I think you're going to see more out of Jalen Brown too. That's true. So. And by the way, Mike Bream is supposed to be back on the broadcast tomorrow night. Uh, Mark Jones did the first two games with uh, Mark Jackson, and yep. of course Jeff Van Gundy came back on Sunday. So uh, yeah. Bream is supposed to be released from protocol and be back tomorrow night. And that was the first two black uh, announcer, you know, announcer and analyst that we've ever had in the NBA Finals was Thursday That's night. That's correct. So, yeah. so Quinn Snyder is out as the coach at Utah. I don't know. I don't know how much whether Danny Ainge is, is running this or what's going on. Well, he I don't know. He res, uh, Snyder resigned. Yeah. The, okay. He um, he was now fired. He resigned, and rumors are he could be waiting. He could. I I don't know what was going on with him and Dan uh, Danny Ainge, but Snyder does that run and gun style. I mean, you know, Doug Moe, Yeah, they scored a lot of points, but did they win a lot of championships when they did it with Denver and? Um, but the, what I've been reading in the papers, Chris, Danny Ames basically wanted to bring in his own kind of coach, and so he basically asked Quinn to basically leave. Um, if he wasn't going to leave voluntarily, uh, Danny. Well, the interesting thing to see what Danny Ainge's kind of coach is. Obviously, Brad Stevens was that, but he's not going to get Brad Stevens. No. Doc Rivers was that because he. Now, Danny is not one to replace coaches. You know, no. Doc and Danny. I mean, Doc and Brad were coached for a long time, both of them. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether he is going to try to find a guy like the Ime Udoka model that's worked for Brad. You know, and see if he can bring in somebody that relates to the players, a little younger and, coach, and all that kind of stuff. You know. Well, and the rumor apparently since the, Danny since Danny has taken over and have been running things, he's watched the team, and apparently he's not happy with the way Snyder was running. It. And of course, that means Dominic. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mitchell. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. He's Donovan. not happy at all about this. He, he's not happy at all, and he could be trade bait for somebody to collect in the NBA. So Brad, Brad, well, Brad and Danny know each other; they're friends. Yeah. Well, and the rumor, the rumor also, there's already started, and this came out before that, that when Greg Popovich steps aside, does Quinn Snyder come in here to San Antonio? I don't know if that would happen or not, but, uh, you know, that's, that's one rumor that's been talked about. Okay. All right. And Becky Hammond, uh, David USF gave us this one. Becky Hammond's gotten off to the best start of the WNBA career at nine and one with the Las Vegas Aces. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And of course, she's interviewed for several NBA jobs, but nobody ever gave her a shot. That's right. And and one of the reasons why the and one of the reasons why she took this job is because um, they kept telling her, "Well, you don't have coaching experience. You're just you're on Craig Popovich's staff." So she took this job to prove what. 
what kind of coach she is because she eventually wants to be the first woman to coach in the NBA. Right. Yep. Okay. So any other NBA news and notes before we move on to hockey? Uh, no. 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 Okay. No. All right. Moving on to hockey. And Good night, Pierre. To... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll wake you up a little bit. All right, Pierre, we'll say, now on to baseball. <laughs> you know, okay. So anyway, uh, so the, the uh, we have the conference, one conference final is over and one is not. And the one that is not, the Rangers lead the Lightning two games to one. And it's been kind of a shock. Even though the Rangers had home ice, I think most people kind of thought that the, the Lightning would uh, would uh, be the, and they may still win the series. They, they won their home game. I don't think this is over by any means. Oh, no. No, I think it's a lot like the basketball. I think we're going to see a long series here. And, uh, you know, we... Uh, Sisterkin is doing great for the Rangers. He's really, uh, you know, even they, they lost the other day, but he was very good. They were way outshot. I heard like the third period of that game, and they were way outshot uh, in that game. And uh, you know, so I mean, he's he's holding them in there. And you know, it, 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 uh, Tampa Bay has a you know, Rangers have young leg. Tampa Bay's got a lot of experience and a lot of firepower. So uh, we'll see. And of course, they're going to play tonight at you know NHL. Now we're going to have every other night for hockey because the uh, the Western series is over. Well, the Western's done. It yeah, is. That's what I'm I just said that. Uh, no. So and it depends on whether you want to believe Robert or, or David USF. We might let Rick decide okay. whether when Tampa Bay lost the two games in a row, what had been their streak for winning after a loss in the playoffs was it 17 or 18? I got 18. 18. I got 18. Yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe you. In fact, I heard the wrong. record they broke was the Celtics who had 17. But. Oh. Oh, okay. Correct. All right. That's cool. So, uh, so that was good. And the Rangers have won eight in a row at home, which ties their franchise record. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Now, Rick, I, you, we don't hear from you all week. What, what's your opinion on this theory? It's been interesting. I mean, like Chris mentioned about how you know Shosturkin has held them in there because they they'd be an out you know outshot, but that that's not unusual for the Rangers. They they oh. won thirty one games in the regular season when they were outshot. So uh-huh. this, this is this is their kind of game, you know. It's um, that's right. Yeah, and the Penguins were doing it too. Penguins Penguins put a lot of shots on net too. So uh, yeah, I, you know, you know Tampa Bay could you know if they ever got points back, I, I, he is a clutch player in the playoffs. You know, he would be a big help to them. But I don't know yeah. if he's going to be back. He won't uh, be there. Well, and uh, John Cooper yeah. John Cooper doesn't even know if Point's going to be able to play. So you yeah. know. Okay, so then Colorado did take care of Edmonton four games to none. Now, this is interesting. That means no Canadian team is going to win the Stanley Cup. But, you know, we we talk about that with Canada, and no one's won it since 93 when the Canadians won it. Do you guys realize that from 84 through 92, uh, 93, I should say, they won 8 out of 10? Exactly. Between exactly. Edmonton, Montreal, and Calgary, they won that's eight, eight yeah. Stanley Cups out of ten, and now they haven't won it for thirty years, and that's you know too bad for Canada. And I know they all kind of root for the other Canadian teams when they get knocked. I think even Canadian fans root for the Maple Leafs and things of that sort, which right. is you know quite the rivalry. But I guess they do. But it's it, they dominated from eighty four through ninety three, except for the Penguins, won the two in ninety one and ninety two. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first game, it looked like it was going to be a fire. Oh, they used to call it fire wagon hockey, eight to six. Oh, yeah. Then it settled down, and I guess I don't know who the backup goalie is that finally came in for uh, uh, Colorado, but he I must have restored order because things kind of settled uh, down. Francis is his last name, and I can't pronounce his first name. Okay, Francis. So anyway, so they they got that together, and I mean last night's game was was that though. I mean Edmonton had a four two lead. Colorado came back and made it five to four. Edmonton got a goal with maybe like five minutes to go to set up the overtime, and then you know Colorado won it overtime. This is the first time Colorado's been to the finals since two thousand one, and this just shows you how times change. And Rick will remember this. 
we were so starved for some kind of sports success around here. Now, the Red Sox had been to the ALCS in 99 against the Yankees, but they you know, got beaten pretty soundly. The Patriots hadn't been in the playoffs since the 94 season when the Browns beat them. The, Reds, uh, the uh, uh, Celtics hadn't been in the playoffs since 93, the year Reggie Lewis died. And uh, the Bruins, you know, uh, they did win a series in 99, uh, but, you know, they just hadn't done much for about seven years. So Ray Bork got traded to Colorado, and people were all excited. Hey, Ray's got a chance for a Stanley Cup. Great Bruin. You know, we'd love to see it. They lost in the finals in 2000 against uh, the Devils, but then they beat uh, the Devils in 2001 and won the Cup. That was the last time in the finals. And people around here were watching that, those games and talking about them on the radio and everything else. I mean, it's amazing, you know, because it usually doesn't, you know, we were like a second-tier market here for this, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's some the way it was. They, some people were saying they wanted to have a parade here. <laughs> they did. Yeah. He, he brought the Stanley Cup here, though. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did bring it to Boston and have people yeah. see it. Stuff. So that was pretty cool. Uh, okay, so David USF ran down. We've been talking about how the uh, finals are going to work. ABC, or I don't know if any games are going to be in ESPN, or they're all going to be in ABC. They're all ABC. They're all ABC, ABC. at least yeah. for this year. Anyway, for, so they're going to do 24, 22, 20, yeah, 22, 24, 26, and 28, and TNT will get them in 23, 25, and 27. Right. So that's how that's going to work. So Sean McDonough this year and Kenny Albert next year for the for the final voice. Yep. Martin San Louis got a three year contract with the Canadiens. He had come in as a an interim coach and did well enough. Had him playing hard. I mean, they didn't have much success, but they got a lot of rebuilding to do. So uh, they they thought he showed enough. We've already kind of touched on the uh, Bruce Cassidy situation. The way they're delivering their news too is it's it's like news down. You know, they did this at seven o'clock at night last night. You know, yeah. I mean. I, they, I was shocked it was so late in the day. I was like, what? The other thing, uh, they, all those injuries were announced that Rick ran through were all announced at 5 o'clock on Friday on the weekend, yeah. which is whenever like you have bad news, you give it to people 5 o'clock on Friday because they're not going to watch the news Saturday and Sunday because of the weekend. So, you know, it's like I, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. And I don't. You know, I mean, Neely and Sweeney, I like them as people. You know, I mean, they're both good players for the. I actually met um, Sweeney at a party because my nephew played for that Harvard hockey team and he was there. He's a good kid. I met him, you know, for a minute. They just graduated from Harvard, you know, and all that. But I mean, if they can't do it, they can't do it. And, and it doesn't seem like they can. And it, it this reminds me of the regime with Harry Sinden when Harry Sinden and Michael Connell were there for years and just doing nothing. And the Bruins. Management just sits back when when something happens with uh, you know the Celtics. Rick Rosbeck gets in, and now Ainge was there a long time, but they were having success and going to the final Eastern Finals a lot, and you know this and that, and uh, you know had some potential from you know with the different groups with Pierce and you know won a title and everything else. So Rick Rosbeck though, when things started to go south, he got into it and he did something. The Bruins ownership doesn't do anything; they just sit there. You know, no, so they they were saying this afternoon that the uh, the last time anybody from the Bruins ownership even talked talked to the press was two thousand nine. Yeah, that that figures, and that's that goes back to the old days. I mean, that they've been like this all along. And this is um, what's the guy uh, from Buffalo? I can't think. Jacobs, Jacobs, Jacobs. Yeah. yeah, they still own it. They, yeah. they're, they're big into the session. That's where they make their money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they don't. Mike, really... By the way, yeah, one other yeah, one other depressing fact about the Bruins that I forgot was that well, it's not a fact, but I'm hearing rumors that with David Pasternak, he's heading into the last year of his contract, he's going to demand about ten million dollars a year for a new right. contract. So they're talking there's a good chance that they may be trading him for draft picks, and, and yep. again, draft uh, picks are only as good as who you pick with yeah. them. You know? That's right. I know. Okay, well, crazy, crazy, and uh, so just to give you the stats. Uh, 
you know, he he came in, uh, did Cassidy on the day of the again news dump on the day of the Patriots 2017 Super Bowl parade, yeah. and so nobody knew that you know he was being announced you know at the Garden while the Bruins are having the duck boat. So uh, Celtics having the, the Patriots having the duck boat. So anyway, so he he got in the playoffs six years in a row. He lost in the first round in 17, but they had to big do a big push to get into the playoffs. Then they won series in 18 and, and through 21, and they got to the finals in 19 and lost in game seven. And so, yeah, and now he's uh, and didn't win this year, but had to do a big push again to get in the playoffs. And we're we're one of the contenders in the East at the end of the year. So he, he gets fired. I don't I don't understand. You know? uh, Bruce won't be unemployed for very long unless he wants to be. So Robert went through and found the vacancies, and uh, apparently right now it's the of course the Bruins, Detroit. Philadelphia, probably Florida, Robert. Why don't you explain uh, what's going on with Florida? Uh, with, with Florida, Andrew Burnett is the current coach. But remember, Joe Quinville was um, asked to leave because of the Chicago Blackhawks scandal. But Gary Bedman did make it clear uh, Joe can come back to the NHL. Now, I don't know what uh, – now, Gary didn't make this public, you know, what his terms were, whether – you know, well, what he had to do as far as a whether he had to serve a suspension or do different uh, programs involving sexual assault. I don't I don't know. I'm just guessing. But there is a possibility Joe could get that job back. So that that job may not be officially open, but uh, we have to list it as open because the guy that's currently there has an interim tag. So I don't, you know, that, and the right. same thing, the same thing is going on in Chicago. The guy there has an interim tag also. So, um, yeah, and the, the openings in the West are Winnipeg, Las Vegas, Dallas, and Chicago. So, yeah, so, you know, um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but if Bruce wants a job, I think he can have one. So, right. Right. Well, I mean, he's got a. I think he's got a good record. And they, this team played about six thirty. You know, the, if you go through the percentages and stuff, about six thirty hockey. And I know you, you, everybody kind of gets over five hundred. Five hundred doesn't even come close to the playoffs anymore. Oh, in the no. way the NHL gives out the, you know, because you get the extra points for the losses and all that other stuff. Exactly. You know, the overtime losses and shootout losses. But still, six thirty is is good in any league. And you know, and six playoff appearances in a row is good. And uh, you know, why? You know, come on, talk to him. If you don't like the way he's treating younger players, bring in an assistant. They'll you know talk them a little differently with them. You know, that's the kind of thing you rearrange the the, the coaching staff a little bit. I mean, they've had. Six Success and uh, you know I, I just that doesn't make sense to me. But what can I tell you? Yeah. Okay, so I, any more hockey? I think I think we're done, Chris. All right, Pierre, wake up! All right, time for <laughs> baseball. And one thing that'll wake Pierre up right away before you guys do college uh, baseball was uh, because it's the headline is the interim manager for the Angels with uh, J- uh, Joe Madden having been fired this hour. It is uh, Phil Nevin. Oh, oh, Phil Nevin. Okay. Now I Phil thought, Nevin, I, thought that ba- he, I thought that he had managed before, but when I no. used the Google machine, he has not managed before. No. Phil Nevin is most recently known for a bad third base coaching decision in the Yankees game in the wild card game. That is the Red correct. Sox. That is yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, I don't know about that. He's supposed to be a really nice guy. Everybody likes him. Uh, so that's a good thing. I think he played for the Angels. Not sure. Uh, no. Okay. No. Not. I, I was San Diego. I guess. Uh, San Diego. Uh, yeah, for sure. But anyway, so okay, so Joe Madden. But who am I uh, thinking know, of that managed the? Who am I thinking of that managed the Astros? I thought that was him or the Tigers, one of those two. No, no, no. I, th- I don't. Oh, remember. I'm thinking of yeah. Phil Garner. Yeah, Garner. Yeah, Phil Garner. Oh, oh God. Yeah, Phil Garner, Garner was the Astros. Managed the Pirates and all kinds of. People. Yeah, he yeah. moved around. He was a good manager. Yeah, he was. Uh, 
Okay, well, Phil Nevin. All right, so college baseball time. All right. Well, let's we'll get do, how about let's do first. the softball real quick. Right. Texas and Oklahoma yeah. will start tomorrow night to play for the uh, best of three series. The first game is tomorrow night. It is at uh, 8.35 Eastern, and then game two is Thursday. Game three is Friday. They had a new schedule this year, and the – I don't know if you watched any of it, Sean, but the, I listened to a little of it on Westwood One. Their announcers didn't really like the new format because yeah. what what it is, for those who don't know, you play your first four games on Thursday. That's everybody. So everybody plays on yeah. Thursday. Then the the losers play on Friday. The winners get Friday off. The winners play on Saturday. The losers get Saturday off. Then you play your elimination games on Sunday and then yesterday and all four games were necessary. You had the, uh, semifinals, if you will. And, uh, they played those yesterday and then today there's a day off and then tomorrow, Thursday and Friday will be the championship series. Yeah. And the weird thing about that also was, all right. And they do this where, okay, the teams that won on Thursday and lost on Saturday, they went over to the other bracket. They didn't stay in their same bracket, and they played the, whoever came out of the loser's bracket on Sunday on the other side. And it was a very strange thing because Oklahoma, Oklahoma had to play twice yesterday because they, uh, you know, they lost to UCLA in the first game, and then they beat them, eliminated them, and then Oklahoma State and Texas had to play because Texas had to win two games, and they won. But, yeah, it was rather interesting. And Oklahoma has only lost three games all year. They lost to Texas in the regular season, one game. They lost to Oklahoma State in the conference tournament, and they lost to UCLA yesterday. So and they play like 50-something games. They only lost three. I mean, that's some interesting stuff. It has, yeah, I've been checking out some of it. But, I, I don't but, listen to a lot of softball, but mm-hmm. we you know we always hear about the young kids of today and they're not respectful and all this well, other stuff. I will tell you this. I heard an interview uh, with uh, the Texas pitcher last night at the end of the first game and the broadcast team doing the game was Chris Plank and Destiny Martinez, who just happened to be the broadcast team for Oklahoma. But, you know, because it was Oklahoma state and in Texas, they worked that for Westwood one and that pitcher, she was a very well-spoken, very respectful young lady because she was asked, could you, you know, if he wants you to pitch in the second game, Oh yes, ma'am. I certainly could. So, very, yeah. no, they're very, very respectful. All my sisters played softball in high school. Two of them were all district. My nieces, of course, one niece played. Another one, another one is being looked at by some colleges. So yeah, I've been around. I've been around softball since I was a kid. So I've learned a lot. And, learned and a lot rate, about it. And but. ratings wise, it, for those who do think, well, why are you talking softball? Ratings wise, it is soaring in the ratings. Yes, they, the College World Series in softball the last few years has done very well for ESPN. That's why sometimes you'll see the those games on the big ESPN, and you'll see the baseball since they're just in regionals dumped over to E two and U and all that. But, yeah, and that's and, why, and that is why of, now that is now Sean why Westwood One does instead of just doing the the final three well, like they had in the past. That's why they now do the whole thing. And that is why certain schools like University of Texas, instead of just doing on a student station, have picked up 
college softball mm-hmm. on the radio, you know, during the year, you know, so there's about 10, there's about 15 or 20 schools that do it on commercial stations now instead of the, uh, because it's picked up. But speaking of college baseball, we have the super regionals all lined up. Yes. Even got the Miami region in yeah, for you, <laughs> Perry. but yeah, and, and the Gainesville so, region and the Gainesville region too, because as of, I think about 6.30 our time last night, I had seen a, a thing from Toby Rowland, the Oklahoma announcer on Twitter, and he says, we're in a rain delay that is approaching seven hours. Wow. Yeah, the game was supposed to start at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, and they were in a seven-hour. I think they got it done about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Ooh. And and so these, these regions, like I said, it, if you're a top eight seed you host, Otherwise, it goes to the highest seed for the Super Regionals. So, like, you have Tennessee, the number one overall seed. They came out of their region. They came, They will host Notre Dame on Friday, I believe. These are the Friday through Sunday games. Uh, Notre Dame came out of the number 16 region, Georgia Southern, so they won that. Then on the other side of that bracket, also on Friday, East Carolina, the eighth seed overall, hosts Texas. Then you have Texas A&M hosting Louisville, which that was a crazy game. Louisville, Michigan, that was another yeah, crazy well, game. Yeah, but Texas A&M, Texas A&M hosts uh, Louisville, and then Virginia Tech hosts Florida. Florida came out of the Oklahoma region, or actually, yeah, no, there was the Florida region. But Oklahoma Florida came region. out of the Florida. Florida region. Oklahoma came out of the Florida region. So you have three Big Twelve teams in there. Then the other side of the bracket, you go to. Saturday through Monday, Stanford, the number two overall seed, they host UConn. They were the three seed in Maryland's region. Maryland was the 15 seed overall. Then you go to North Carolina, on the other side of that, North Carolina, they were the 10 seed. They will host Arkansas, who came out of the Oklahoma State bracket you know they that, beat was State wild, that, that was a wild that was a wild regional yeah, that was a crazy regional oklahoma state was you, a seven yeah you had one game in that regional oklahoma state and missouri state missouri state got out to a 12 to nothing lead you would think that would be a good lead but they lost the game mm-hmm. 29 to 15 then oklahoma <laughs> state beat arkansas 14 to 10 in one game and then arkansas ended up winning the regional yeah. and then you have then on the other side you have Oregon State, they will host Auburn. Auburn, now this is what Auburn had a game Sunday night, called it the sixth inning. They were up nine nothing. And then they had to come back and finish it yesterday. They ended up winning it. They still won it. You know, they held on to UCLA, kind of just folded. And then Ole Miss made some noise in the Miami region, the Coral Gables region. Uh, and they got to take on, they go to Hattiesburg to take on Southern Miss, who, yeah, Southern Miss LSU, another interesting game there. But yep. yeah, so. And, and you know, said, there were a lot of people, as we said last week, remember, why is Ole Miss even there? Well, they proved, yeah. I guess, Miss, I forget, they yeah. proved why they were there. Yeah. Well, same thing with like Michigan. Michigan was a bid stealer, but that's because they won the Big Ten tournament and they got to the finals against Louisville. Now, you talk about the like college baseball. You're seeing a year this year. You're seeing something this year like you haven't seen because you have a whole bunch of things working for college baseball this year. Uh, remember, in 2020, the draft was only five rounds. Last year was 20 rounds, and then a lot of those 20 rounds teams took pitchers. And then, so you have incoming freshmen, plus you still have some of those seniors that came back and players that didn't necessarily get drafted in one of those five or 20 rounds. So you're seeing, that's why you're seeing a lot of hitting and a lot of high scoring 
in these games because, I mean, even more than you normally see in college baseball, this next year you'll see it some, but, but we're going to be back to a full major league baseball draft this year. But this year, especially you're seeing, you know, because next year will be the last year of the seniors with the extra eligibility. But this year, if you want to see double A or triple A quality games, go watch some of these this weekend. Oh yeah. And then you, you, and they're not expensive to go to either. I mean, if you get to a game, they're not that expensive. Oh no, 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 they're not. Well, we used to sit over the left field wall over at uh, a <laughs> field on a bus. We used to sit over there on the bus. They called it the Occupy Left Field area where all the buses and U-Hauls and people with scaffoldings and all kinds of stuff out there. Yep. <laughs> it was a crazy and barbecuing. Well, so, oh, yeah. That was before the well, Occupy before Wall we, <laughs> Yeah. Well, before we get to the standings, Jamal, yeah. go ahead and unmute. But that reminds me, Sean, when you said sit over the left field wall, I remember when Waterloo, Waterloo had a, had a oh, class oh, A baseball oh, team. And we used to do that. We'd sit right outside the stadium. And you could you could catch the game just as if you were there. Hey, hey Jamal, you got your uh, oh, yeah. something up? Go ahead, Jamal. Okay, okay. A couple things about uh, a couple things here. So Joe Madden got the axe from the Angels. Yes. He did. You know, if the Sox were to give the axe to Larusa, maybe get hired Joe Madden. A wow. little manager who is, but you don't uh, think he'll uh, do that because you think Reinsdorf's uh, still in love with Tony Larusa, right? Uh, is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> I, I knew. Yeah, so, I knew. So yeah, I, I mean, I still, I'm still not worried. After one of four Reinsdorf is suffering from senility, given the fact that he's hired people down through the year, years in more recent times who've said him a lot of nonsense, like the two incompetent who used to run the Bulls, and then you had. Uh, and then you had some of the goofs he had as manager, like Ventura, you know, and now he decides to hire LaRusa. I've often wondered about his uh, capacity, but nevertheless, and also about uh, college softball, as you all talk about while I was on hold, you know, I have a series to why the ratings might be up. Uh, and I'm wondering if some of these teams also have individuals on their, on their rosters who are very good for the eyes, so to speak. Well, Jamal, Jamal you, I, I suppose yeah. that could be. You, but you know, they've been yeah, growing. The eyes, wouldn't they be playing beach volleyball? Isn't that what they're no, but, but they've been growing over the last, the ratings the last seven, eight years have really uh, shot up for college they, softball. So. Right, well, yeah. I mean, but if you have individuals good on the eyes, so to speak, yeah, yeah I, you know, that, that, that can, that can wouldn't, hurt the range. Jamal, here, Jamal it wouldn't hurt. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe if you have blind individuals interested in games, interested in the sport itself and listening to the broadcast, but, you know, but I just were kind of wondering, but nevertheless, I also – but I'm also think hopefully I'm also hopeful that the White Sox should uh, get back healthy and start to turn things around. Okay, I didn't know that this Keegan Thompson guy for the Cubs was seven and zero, and it's going to be interesting. Maybe he'll be eight after Baltimore. Yeah, hopefully for his sake. But I mean, my question to you, Perry, is how many years away do you think the Cubs are from contending again, or do you think that the ownership of the Cubs? You know, for, for, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of players, Jamal, that are coming. And the question is, how close are they? Because like, like I said earlier to Bill, I said, that, you know, to Bill, I said, we have to kind of think about what 
you know, good things that happen during games. And I know last Monday, you take the first game in that Milwaukee doubleheader, for example, they lost the game, but a lot of good things happen in that game. Matt Swarmer pitched well, uh, P.J. Higgins hit a homer, and I would bet that most most likely after the trade deadline, if I were to guess, P.J. Higgins and Jan Gomes will be your catchers because they, they're probably going to have to trade Contreras because he said he will not talk during the season, so they're probably going to have to do that. And some of the pitchers have looked good, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, if the Cubs want to do something during the offseason, hey, Rickett should open up his wallet and sign a big free agent or two. Jamal, Jamal, you're just trying to do a stalling action so I don't give the uh, White Sox record, but we need to get (laughs) move on and get that done. Okay? All right. right. Okay, so let's go with the standings here. The American League East, we have the Yankees at 39 and 15. More statistics on the Yankees later that we came up with. Um, And their great start this year. Oh, man. Uh, Toronto, 32 and 22. Tampa Bay, 31 and 23. The Red Sox, 28 and 27. Remember, they were 10 and 19. So they're, what, 18 and 8 over the last uh, basically a month, four weeks. And they are now in the third wild card. So whatever. It doesn't take much in the American League uh, to get there, but that's where they are. Baltimore, 23 and 33. So they're fourth in the division, the third wild card. So right now, the three, uh, the, the four teams in the East would qualify for the sixth position, which is kind of the way it was predicted. You know, that's, uh, you know, and, and this team's right behind the Red Sox. It's not going to necessarily stay that way. And the Red Sox need to move up if they don't want to be knocked out quickly. But anyway, in the Central, we have Minnesota at 32 and 24. We have Cleveland is ahead of the White Sox at 24 and 25, but they haven't played that many games. Most of these teams played 54 through 56 games. Cleveland's only played 49. Again, a lot of rain out. Well, at least they, they, just, they just started, uh, Chris, a few minutes ago, so they're at least right. playing today. All right. The White Sox are 25 and 27. Detroit, 21 and 33. Hey, they beat Minnesota four out of five uh, last week, but then they lost three in a row to the Yankees, so that's the way that goes. But they're pulling ahead of Kansas City at 17 and 36. In the West, Houston, 35 and 20. The Angels, uh, mark this down, the date they fired Joe Madden at 27-29 after having lost 12 in a row. Uh, Texas, 25 and 28. So you see, these, these teams aren't that far out of here. Cleveland, Chicago, Texas, the Angels. They're right there for that last wild card. Texas, 25 and 28. And Seattle, 25 and 30. Really not that far out either. And Oakland, though, 20 and 36. And we talked about that earlier. Yeah. And then in the National League, the Mets are still rolling at 38 and 19. Mets, Yankees World Series? I don't know. That actually didn't do too well for the ratings in 2000. No, People are like, no, yeah, they're like I hate New York. You know, I didn't watch it. <laughs> Um, then we got Atlanta, 28-27. Braves having a very similar season to the Red Sox. They, they were way under 500, maybe not as far as the Red Sox, but they've gotten themselves over 500, 28-27. Philadelphia got that little boost when uh, Robbie Thompson was hired after the firing of uh, Joe Girardi. They won their three games against, again, the Angels, but they're now 25-29. and 29. Miami at uh, 22-30 and 30, and Washington at 21-35. and 35. And the and Braves this- will get better because they're playing the A's the next couple of days. Okay. Okay. In the uh, central, we have uh, uh, Milwaukee at 33-23. Cardinals right on their tails, though, at 32-23. and 23. Pittsburgh, 24-28. and 28. The Cubs are 23-32, and 32, and the Reds are 19-35. And, 35. and, in and the, the, Pirates, have- the Pirates, Chris, in all honesty, we laugh at the Pirates a lot. They're not playing horrible baseball this year. 
No, again, like the Orioles, they, you know, they, they, then how, how soon can they get rid of these good players? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's what we'll they need. That. You know, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the Guardians and some of these other teams and Arizona and different ones that are playing better than expected, they'll, they'll try to try to do something. To, maybe not pick up anybody, but at least they won't get rid of their players but if, they're, if they think they have a chance. But, uh, you know, these other teams can't trust them. Dodgers are 35 and 19. San Diego, 33 and 22. Giants, 29 and 24. Arizona, 26 and 30. Colorado, 23 and 31. So we have a lot of news and notes this week. We had Eduardo Escobar of the Mets for the cycle last uh, night and six RBIs. And the Yankees, uh, this is what I was talking about, Yankee statistics, tied for the third uh, best start in the last 25 years. And uh, the 16 Cubs were 39 and 50, after 54 games, I'm sorry, which is the one-third mark. 16 Cubs, who won the whole thing, were 39 and 15. The Yankees uh, also are 39 and 15 this year. We have the 98 Braves were uh, 39 and 15. These are Those are the third-place teams. They, they lost in the league championship to uh, San Diego. Uh, 98 Yankees uh, were 41 and 13, so they uh, did win everything in 98. And yep. Seattle uh, in 2001 were 42 and 12, and that's the team that lost to the Yankees in the League Championship Series. Yep. So uh, that that, but they certainly had a great uh, regular season. Season, and I wanted to give everybody a, a, a little tip about something that's in the Globe every every week. There's always a good baseball article, a, a column in the Globe. Now it's it used to be write, written by Peter Gammons, and then it was Nick Cafardo. Now it's Peter Abraham, and what he did this particular week. This is interesting to everybody, and that's why I pointed it out on our phone system, and I'm pointing it out here. He went through and just looking at it from his point of view, being a little subjective, said, "Okay, if the season were to, if we were coming to August 2nd, which by the way, 4 p.m., so that we can have breaking news on Sports Lounge Live, everyone's goal and uh, and all of sports is to give us breaking news, which yeah. they seem to every week. But they will. There will probably be last last minute trades that we will get on uh, Sports Lounge Live on an August 2nd, a Tuesday." But they're not doing to do it on the 31st of the, you know, on the weekend. And, you know, it makes a TV show out of it. You know, you can get it on MLB, get some ESPN coverage, whatever you do. So, but Peter, you know, why they, you know why they did that? They just want Bill and I to have to work that day. That's right. Yes, that's right. So Peter Abraham figured there'd be at just his assessment, and that's just subjective, 19 buyers and 11 sellers. If you were going to do it today, which, of course, you're not, things change. So he then went through who, the the uh, 11 teams that would be selling and what they've got. So who's got good relief pitching? Who's got outfielders? Who you know? He went team by team, not by position. So he went through the Cubs. He went through the Pirates. He went through the you know like that. And and who's their prospect that people might want to talk to? You know, closers and outfielders and infielders and whatever hitters. And it was very interesting. So this would be interesting to anybody. So this is going to be on Newsline till this coming Sunday. So it's it's in uh, the Globe on Sunday, as I said, which we all. Are Agree is the best uh, sports section in the country, and it's the uh, thirty. It's the twenty-second uh, section is the glo- you know how you press eleven for this, twelve for that. Twenty-two is sports, and the thirtieth article is this article, and it's called. Uh, let's see, I wrote it down. Uh, let's see, it's called. Okay, uh, supply is there, demand uh, will demand uh, will be too, or something like that. So that's it. That's anyway, it. yeah. So so that's uh, that's what. Peter Abraham did. Now we got some other regular news and notes too. Robinson Cano, don't you know, decided uh, the the Padres uh, he wore out his welcome in San Diego fast enough to the point where they wanted to send him to the minors to have him work on some stuff, and he says, "No, I'll do free agency." So he is not going to go to the minors, and uh, you know, so whatever. I mean, he just 
I think he's got delusions of grandeur here. We already told you that Joe Girardi was fired on Friday uh, by the Phillies. He was 22 and 29, and again, they won the three since Robbie Thompson, former infielder for the Giants, took over as the, the Phillies manager. So we'll see how that works out. You know, you can have uh, people who are getting, you know, on, on our sports group were saying, well, see, that just shows you they fired the manager. Look how good they are now. Well, there's that. But, you know, you had a situation uh, here where Joe Morgan came in in uh, 1988. They won 19 out of 20. Morgan Magic won the division, and that can happen. But you also have situations where people just win a few. I remember the Celtics. The Red Sox fired uh, Billy Jurgis in 1959, and they hemmed and hawed for three or four games. Then the All-Star break came. They won five in a row against the Yankees here at Fenway. The Yankees were not as good that year. They finished third, but they ended up finish, fi- finishing fifth. That wore out and, you know, just got back to normal. Then we had a little uh, problem with Jim Cott again this week. Jim Cott called uh, Nestor Cortez Nestor the Molester. And you can't do that anymore, even though Lester Hayes was no. the molester in the 70s. No. I think what they need to do with some of these guys is – a little bit of communication training or something because some of the older guys to the analysts, I think the, the yeah. announcers know what to do, but I think some of the and this was, did have Tom Brenneman's yeah. issue, but you know, some of the older and this guys was nowhere near. Yeah. This was nowhere near as bad as what Scott said in the past, but this is not fireable. The last one could have been more, pun- was more did punishable. Him, obviously. Did they no. Uh, no, they gave him a talking to and okay. just, yeah, they, they just gave him a little, yeah, they, they were handling it privately. And Nestor right. and Nestor Cortez uh, accepted said his apology. He accepted yeah. the apology. Well, no, he, he said, "Let's." He said, "Let's move on." Right. Yeah. He said, "Why make this a big deal?" You know. He said, "It's not a." He said, "So what?" You know. It's like you know, other people are making it a bigger deal than I am. So that's right. what he said. Yeah. So Gil Hodges had his number retired at the number fourteen, retired by the Dodgers. And we're always talking about people that uh, have a lot of retired numbers. Talk about the Celtics and the and the Yankees. But let's Yanks. let's let's go through the Dodger list. David gave this to us. They they're up there too. They retired. Yeah, they are. Pee- I didn't realize they had that many. Pee Wee Reese, Tommy Lasorda, Duke Snyder, uh, Junior Gilliam, uh, Don Sutton, Walter Alston, uh, Sandy Koufax, Roy Campanella, uh, Jackie Robinson, of course, uh, Don Drysdale. And the microphones for Vin Scully and Jaime Harim. So go there, you go. But they've had success. I mean, that's what it means when you start retiring numbers. That's you know that means you've had a good good years. But uh, the Dodgers well, have their share. Huh? And the way and the way the Dodgers do it um, is you don't get your number retired until you're in the Hall of Fame. And and there's people in L.A. that want Fernando Valenzuela's number retired, uh, but the Dodgers will not do that because they only do it for Hall of Famers. Yes, what the, what the Red Sox do, they have a two-part thing. They, that's right about retired numbers. They will not – they were they're retiring David Ortiz this year. I don't think they had that yet, but they put him in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. But they're going to, I'm sure, do a, come in and come back and do a retirement ceremony. But um, that – you know, so the numbers are the Hall of Famers. And I don't know if Jaime, Jaime Harim is already in, I guess? Yeah, yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. He just got in. So – but but the Red Sox then have a, a Red Sox Hall of Fame. So the guys that were good players are never going to get in the Hall of Fame. You're Dick Raditz and Frank. Malzone and guys like that and the other people in the organization that have done a lot of work, you know, like, uh, oh, what's his name got in? Uh, uh, Dan Duquette just got in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. That's why the Yankees have that um, Monument Park. They uh, they uh, put other players in Monument Park that don't necessarily have their numbers retired. Yeah. So Gil Hodges is getting in the Hall of Fame on June 24th. And that's, July you know, 24th. Uh, July 24th, yeah. I'm sorry. And he, yeah, and he, he deserves it. Um, that was delayed. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Okay, now we ran into a weird rule that we didn't know about the other day, and I think this is – I understand why some rules came in that maybe didn't stay, but I at least knew why they were there. With the seven-inning doubleheaders because the pitchers were short and we were having COVID. The ghost runner, I understand why it's there. There's a re- – you know, you can explain it. You can say whether you agree with it or you don't. Most people don't like it, but you can say, hey, nobody you – know, people end up with 2,000 people in the ballpark at 1 in the morning for in the 15th inning. So, you know, there's a reason for this. There's apparently a rule that said that if the margin of the game isn't six runs or more, you can't put a position player into the game to pitch. I had never heard of this until the other day. I had not. Happened with the Mets and and uh, Dodgers, I guess. Yep, that happened on Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was on Saturday night, yes. Right. And apparently... uh, Jay McKenstry was going to come in to pitch for the Dodgers. Zach. And Buck Showalter. Who? It was Zach McKenstry. Yeah, Zach. Well, nonetheless, he was going to come in and pitch, and um, Buck Showalter came out and said, uh, hey, this is a rule. The umpires, yes, it is. So I don't understand why it's a rule. I don't either. I mean, it's your player. You know, why can't you do with him what you want to do with him? And the Uh, other question I have is, okay, now let's say that we have a situation coming down and that day, uh, and and I don't think it would be limited to DHs. So you got Otani DHing, but you're coming down to the end of an important game, trying to get in the postseason or something like that. You just need him because your bullpen's been banged up and you need him to pitch the ninth inning and it's one run lead. Can't you do that? Apparently not. Um, Oh, he's a DH. If I don't know, DH he might. Well, no, that might be different. I don't. I don't think so. The rule is no, no, no. The rule is a position player. Yeah. But I think there is a special rule for Otani. So, right. If it's him, let, let's use the name Frank Schwindel because we know Otani has a special rule. If it's yeah. Frank Schwindel, the the answer would be no. If it's Otani, I believe the answer would be yes. Yeah, well, I think it's well. if you're so if your pitcher is also a DH, then it, it can, you know if your pitcher is yeah. a two way if he's listed as a two way player, the answer is yes. Yeah, but yeah. the question, well, my I, problem with the whole thing is why? You know, I mean, I, I would agree. It, yeah, it, it, well, it, I found out uh, by doing further research after we found out about this on Saturday. Apparently, because uh, I was listening to both gyms on Sunday morning on the front office, and they indicated that this was a rule that was put in in 2020, and the commissioner is the one that put it in, and the players agreed to keep it in the collective bargaining agreement. Did they say why? Uh, no, they did not <laughs> well, say why. that's the question. I, I, I also I, don't understand why Showalter had a problem with it. Well, no, Showalter came out to point out that it was a rule, Rick. Yeah, but, I mean, wouldn't he rather have a position player pitching to his team when there was... Well, I'll, I'll be no, but, no what, he, what his point, Rick, would be is since you had another game in the series, go ahead and use your bullpen, then your bullpen yeah, will yeah. be more used. I get yeah. that. Well, that's yeah. true, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we but our it. clock is running, so we it better, is. We better bring is. on Dick. So Dick, okay. uh, unmute. Okay. Dick, be quick. <laughs> we, we got okay. Yeah. There he is. Hey, Dick. Okay. A couple things real quick, guys. Uh, yeah. You know, softball isn't really softball. Unless it's a 16-inch softball like in Chicago, but which we always grew up with. Uh-huh. And it's, the ball is really soft. Oh, okay. Uh, secondly, did you guys hear about what happened with the Bears? No. Evidently, yeah. they were they were hitting too hard, and, and some of the Bears complained. Yeah, well, uh, you're not allowed yeah. to hit this time of year, Dick. And that, not, in, not, not in, uh, yeah, not in the, in the workout. season workouts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's what happened, and then they got, uh, evidently, somebody complained. Yeah, no, there's, there's all rules about what you can do, what you can do in pads and when, and all this other stuff yeah. now. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. And then they're going to lose the practice over, but I didn't hear anything about that. <laughs> 
I, mean, I saw nothing in the news service about that. I just heard it on the uh, score. Of this yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right, Jack. Nice to- All right. Take it easy. All right. Xander Bogarts has now played the most game for the Red Sox in, at shortstop. They beat Everett Scott, who uh, was uh, the record holder up to that time. So that's a, a milestone for uh, whether he'll be here that long. I don't know, but he did do that anyway. Yeah. We hope he uh, he will be. And then Albert Albert Pujols played his is the ninth player to have played in three thousand games. And uh, I won't go into the statistics because I didn't write him down. But Ripken was just ahead of him. He will, he'll pass him any day because Ripken was his eighth. And then tied for seventh are Usual and uh, Mar- Eddie Murray. Then fifth is uh, Ty Cobb. Four is Ricky Henderson. Three is Hank Aaron. Two is Yaz. And number one, not not Mike Yastrzemski of the Giants. It's uh, the Carl guy. <laughs> and number one is Pete Rose. And his yep. total will not be caught by uh, Pujols at thirty-five sixty-two. He won't be around long enough to. And do in that. the game where Pujols played the three thousandth game, he wasn't even supposed to play. He had to come in because of an injury. That's okay. Crazy. All right. Any more baseball before we get to the NFL? Nope. nope but right now, let's uh, while you're doing turning your page, Chris, Jerry, yep. go ahead and unmute real quick, and we'll hear you. Already there. Uh, Will Will Power won the event in Indianapolis. Okay. Um, in Detroit. Yeah. No, it was in Detroit. Uh, the Indianapolis Detroit. event in Detroit. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah. I want to make an observation. I have really been impressed. I like the LSU baseball broadcasters. I forget their name, but they they, uh, they do a great job. Good. They do. They good. do. They do a good okay. job, yeah. All right. Well, it's probably the same guys do the football, right? Or uh, the play-by-play is uh, the football basketball guy. Do you know, Pierre, uh, Perry? Pardon me, Chris. Is the LSU baseball voice the same as the football and basketball? I believe he is. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a good Okay, it is. The thing in the SEC, <laughs> the thing in the SEC is most of the guys do football, basketball, and baseball. Right. Most of them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jerry. All right. So we got a, Ryan Fitzpatrick retired this year. Yeah. After 17 years, he played. Uh, we'll try to work with Amazon on the Thursday night games, and he should do a good job. He's an articulate guy from Harvard and all that. He's uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Round seven from Harvard. St. Louis in 05 and 06. St. Louis Rams. Cincinnati 07 08. Buffalo 09 through 12. Tennessee 13. Houston 14. Jets 15 and 16, Tampa Bay 17 and 18, Miami 19 and 20, Washington 21. He started, this is pretty amazing, comes in every year as a backup, 147 of 166 games that he played in. That is amazing. 223 uh, 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 throwing touchdowns, 21 rushing touchdowns. And uh, and a completion percentage of six oh seven. So good career for him. Never, Another, never played in a playoff game, but he's thirty second overall in pass in passing yards. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. And Frank Gore, who did play in playoff games, retired. He uh, said uh, one day contract with the Forty ers so he could do it that way. And he rushed for uh, all uh, third rusher in the NFL for all time, sixteen thousand uh, rushing yards and eighty one rushing touchdowns. Uh, 3,985 receiving yards and 18 touchdowns in that category, nine playoff games and five rushing touchdowns. He played with with San Francisco, the Colts, and the Eagles and didn't play in 2021. And then uh, the thing that got people's attention on our group was the leaving uh, a health problem with Brent Musburger. And Brent, Brent uh, Musburger. Not really a health problem. He just I don't think it was a health problem. I think he just... No? Just decided. No, it wasn't help. He, he no, it wasn't he help. He didn't indicate it was medical. Okay, because the thing is, yeah. he kind of did it at the last minute for them. They yeah. kind of had to people, scramble. People are not happy about the timing of this. No, he's eighty-three yeah. years old. Just turned eighty-three, and uh, 
And uh, there, there's a rumor, a media rumor out there. It's not official yet, so you can't take it to the bank. But it looks like Beth Mullins is going to get this job. And uh, and yeah, so. and multiple. And <laughs> Greg pa- Greg Papa referenced that a few years ago when he did an interview after he was let go. He said Mark Davis, I think once be- would love to have Beth Mullins if she couldn't got if he couldn't have got Brett Musburger. He said that a few years ago when he was really going wow. off on Mark Davis. There was yeah, an was interview some, on All Things Radio. About about four years ago, you there get was a speculation there. about some really good candidates that we're not going to mention that would have been better for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, but uh, <laughs> you know that's just the way it is. So yep. anyway, John Madden is going to be on the cover since, of course, he died in the last year. Going to be on the cover of the Madden. Now you say Madden twenty three, but it's been around since nineteen eighty. What do they mean? No, no, it's Madden twenty twenty three. What they do? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, That'll twenty. Yeah, Madden twenty three. They call a uh, they call it the year that it because even though Super it comes Bowl out for the 22 season later yeah, or that's what whatever, for whatever reason that's yeah. what was confusing me because i know it's been around because you were saying it's been around since 1988 yeah. and it's the yep. first time he's been on it since what 2000 yep. yeah 2000 on the cover and there therefore there will be no um a curse, no Madden a curse. Madden curse, no Madden curse so i assume that means in the in the uh, one that came out in 08 uh, brady was probably on the cover that probably took care of that uh, you know <laughs> yeah. After. ah yeah i think he was i think <laughs> yeah. he was yeah. yeah, I think the Sean Jackson. Uh, he may not be scoring on the Sean Watson. Deshaun Watson. Right. I do that all the time. He because um, I always think of um, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. They were both in the ACC and back and forth. Anyway, uh, Deshaun uh, Watson came up. He didn't score in the field, but he scored two more lawsuits yep. to his uh, resume. So <laughs> now he's uh, up to what? Twenty four of them? Is it? Twenty four. 24 and number 24 came out because on Friday, Rusty Harden went on Sports Radio 610. And let's just say Rusty didn't make his client or himself look very good. He basically, yeah, basically said that unless you're paying for it, it's not necessarily a crime. And the girl said she heard the interview and came out with it, just like number 23 yep. came out after the real sports. She saw the real sports and said, okay, I'm going to get a part, of, become a part of this. And number 24 was so traumatized by his actions that he did. I'm not going to get kind of graphic what he did, so we won't go there, but no. uh, let's just say ex- pleasured himself. That's all we'll say. And, yeah, and, and, uh, he, and basically she said she was so traumatized, she quit massage therapy. Yeah, and uh, from what I'm hearing, there's possibly more available. So, yeah, there's more that could three, and uh, you know, so basically, yeah, we'll see what goes on there. Now, the NFL has not interviewed any of the victims in their investigation. No, so. none of them. Not not not, not none. none of the whole. No, they have not talked to any. No, they have, they have not. To, they have not not in their investigation. So we'll see where that goes with the suspension, but I think that's all I have. That, yep. that sounds like a pretty strange thing to do, to not talk to the victims. Well, uh, unless, they're, you know, unless they're actually thinking about letting them play this year and suspending them next year, where it's actually going to hurt them in the salary, because it's not going to hurt them this year. Okay. Well, uh, th- uh, well, then why can't Cleveland, Rick, if, if that philosophy is true, and they're going to allow him to play, then why, why hasn't Cleveland been able to unload Baker Mayfield? I don't think they know. Nobody yeah, wants him. I mean, who wants him? Nobody yeah, wants him. But, well, you know, that, that's true, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it seems kind of weird that... And you've still uh, got Jimmy it, Garoppolo out there. The 49ers, was, they excuse him from training yeah. camp, uh, yeah. but they said that there's still a good chance he's going to be traded. But Deshaun yeah. Watson was there at the Cleveland workout. Yeah. 
Okay. A couple more notes. Aaron Donald uh, got a two-year for, uh, 70 million extension with the Rams, so he's got, was it, three for 90 million, is it, that three he's getting? For three for 95 million. 95 three million. Three for 90. Okay, what, it's not, I found that it's not necessarily a two-year extension. His contract oh. was going to expire in 24 anyway. They just gave him a raise for the last couple of years of his. Yeah, okay. Of it, ma- right. Making him the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Okay. Yeah. And the last note I have is Rob Walton of the Walmart Air is, is supposedly is offering $4.5 billion with a B for the Denver Broncos, but the Bowen family has not accepted that yet. There are three or four other offers on the table, and they're still reviewing things. Uh, but mm-hmm. Walton says if he, uh, you know, if they want a little more money, yeah. he can do that too. So he's yeah. in effect out there. And he was, hanging out, he, he was hanging out with Russell Wilson, who's now in Denver at the yeah. Super Bowl. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So sure. we'll see what happens. But we're also sure. thinking that there was talk that there was going to be perhaps a minority uh, attempt to buy a team. Yeah. Then again, there's also a rumor around that maybe the commanders might be uh, available. Yeah. yeah. Actor Byron Allen, Byron Allen, the yeah. former actor and comedian, his Allen Media wanted to buy the Broncos, but it was nowhere near 4.5 billion. No. So. No. Yeah. But it could be that with Dan Snyder getting in more and more trouble every day, that yeah. there may be some pressure on for the Snyder's to sell, and maybe the minority group could slide in there. But we'll That's see. Correct. That all goes. Okay, so I, that's all I had. Anybody got anything else Rick, before we have any other NFL? wrap it up? No, just to mention that Frank Gore is certainly a, a future Hall of Famer, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Third third rusher all time, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. Yeah. And, all right. and one of the running backs that kept his career going, it's yep. unusual. Usually they'll have three or four great years, and then you go, know, oh, yeah, I remember he was really good four years ago, and he, he kept yeah. it going a long time. Yeah. Yep. And he okay. did, and he did sign a one. He did sign a one day contract with San Francisco to yeah. do that. But I, I, and I, that. I and I better go before I have. We better go before I have to sign a one day contract on here because you can download the podcast at any time. Uh, legendoldies.com, Sports Lounge at the, or you can download it Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher, or tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast, or go to seven seven three five seven two three thousand six option number nine. Come back next week. We'll check out more of the finals that are going on. We'll have a Stanley Cup set up, College World Series, Belmont Stakes, U.S. Open, and see what other golf drama is going on. So see you next week.